What is up, everybody? Welcome into a Wednesday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I am your host, John Harris, and so excited about one thing in particular. Didn't even happen at today's practice. I am excited about one thing in particular, and that tomorrow is Thursday. And why is that important? A, it's August 1st, so we're into August. And B, you all get to see this team for the first time in 2019. I love that. I love that because you've been listening to us talk about this team for so long, all the way back to OTAs, the draft. You got, I mean, honestly, you didn't even get a chance to see Max Sharping, Titus Howard, even Lonnie Johnson. You didn't get to see any of those guys in college. Now you get to see them for the first time. Obviously, there'll be some fan favorites. Colin Glaspia from uh, from Taylor High School out in Katy and played at A&M. Charles Minahu from the University of Texas. So there'll be some local favorites. But I know everybody wants to come in and see this team. And I'm, I'm pumped that the people get to see this team and start feeling the way that we do about it. Tomorrow's practice in front of the fans as a Saturday. So Thursday and Saturday. So next two practices because the Texans will go on the field tomorrow. And then they'll get off on Friday. And then they'll come back on Saturday and practice in front of the fans. And then Sunday, flying to Green Bay. Get ready for the Packers on Monday and Tuesday. Wednesday will be kind of walk through pregame, walk through all that kind of stuff. Then Thursday, wow, we are eight days away. Eight days. Is my math right? Eight days? Does that sound right? Tomorrow it'll be a week. Yeah. Eight days away from preseason game number one. I'm pumped about that. Now, I was pretty excited about some of the things I saw today at practice. We'll go through some of those. We're going to hear from a lot of people tonight. We're going to hear from, in this first segment, Bill O'Brien, J.J. Watt, Deshaun Watson. We're going to hear from Darren Fells. And then this morning, as I do each and every morning at 9 o'clock, I am challenged by Mark Vandermeer to do this in two sentences, but I talk about every single player at a particular position. Today, it was defensive line, and that's a big group. To have to try and get through. And there are a few of those guys that start today actually in practice on the defensive line. Mr. Angelo Blackson was all kinds of fantastic today on the defensive line. Down on the goal. It, was, it was goal line, rushed the pass a little bit, stopping the run. He showed a little bit of everything. He's a guy the Texans brought in in 2017 because they needed bodies on the defensive line. They needed some bodies up there, and he's come along and been a really key factor for this defensive line. And this year he came back a little bit slimmer, quicker, but if as good, if not better, than he was last year. And I thought he was really, really good. So we got a lot of people to talk to in this show. Let's kick it off with our Texans Audio Jukebox. Yeah, that's a new segment I've come up with. And I, I do that, I've done this for a long time. And I, used, I guess I call them hot reads. They're not really hot reads. It's more audio from, from individuals that have gone to the podium. And Wednesdays during the, the year and today, it's the same three people at the podium. It's Bill O'Brien, it's J.J. Watt, and it's Deshaun Watson. So let's open up the Texans audio jukebox, and let's start with Bill O'Brien, who loves a little bit of goal line drill. And here's why. I mean, you know, yeah. Yeah, I like it. It's a, it's a you know it's a short space uh, live contact drill that in football. If you look at the history of football, you know it's always been that's kind of uh, what it's all about. You know, you're trying to gain two yards and they're trying to stop you, and it's very intense and it's fun and 
you know, guys, guys, uh, guys love doing it. Guys absolutely love doing it. When I was a linebacker or a strong safety, I loved it because there's no throwing. It's just your 11 on my 11, pound it in with the running back, see if you can keep him out of the end zone. And today it was as physical a drill, a couple of big hits, one by Angelo Blackson, Colin Glaspia going uh, toe-to-toe with J.J. Watt, which I, I'm sure had to be weird for Gilly, but excellent, excellent drill. And wins on both sides. Peter Calumby made one hell of a, a hell of a play. Demario Crockett ran one in, which was fantastic. It was a really, really good drill to kind of keep to kind of keep things going. It was right near the end. It wasn't quite the end, but it really inserted some juice into the practice, no doubt about that. Now, as I mentioned, one of the guys that made a play down on the goal line was running back Demario Crockett. He's a rookie out of Missouri. He's an undrafted free agent. And Coach had this to say about Demario Crockett. I mean, he runs hard. You know, he runs hard. He's a great kid. He, he, he works hard on special teams. He's quiet. He's got a good attitude. Um, you know, I've seen some good things. I mean, you know, it'll be interesting to see how him and, and Higdon and all those guys, um, the younger guys, play in the, in the games, the preseason games. When you think about Crockett and all these different running backs, I don't imagine you're going to see Lamar Miller much in the preseason. But with all these different running backs, I thought our good friend Stephanie Stradley asked a pretty good question. How do you sort of divvy up the running back reps amongst this whole group in practice and in the games? You know, when you have a guy like Lamar that's played so much football uh, in this league, you know, you're, you're monitoring his reps, making sure that he's getting the necessary reps to get him ready for the season. I mean, he's on the team. And so uh, the, the other ones who haven't played as much football, you, you really have to see where they're at, whether they're brand new or they're coming off injury. Or So it's just kind of like I said the other day, is kind of like different strokes for different folks. You know, some guys are in certain categories, some guys are in other categories. One of the big talking points in the next week is going to be Aaron Rodgers. That's one of the guys that the coaching staff has shown to Deshaun Watson when he was a young player. In fact, the last couple of years they would – show him some Aaron Rodgers film, and that's going to be a big talking point. And, well, coaches asked, why Aaron Rodgers? What is it about Aaron Rodgers that was valuable to you to use in discussing with Deshaun how he could potentially add that to his game? Coach talked about that. Yeah, I mean, we showed him a lot of tape. I mean, no doubt about it. Obviously, you know, Houston Texans tape to teach our offense was the primary tape that we were showing him. We actually watched a lot of tape from when he played at Clemson, you know. But, um, yeah, I mean, look, Aaron Rodgers, you know, you're, you're talking about one of the best to ever do it. You know, we're going to see him in a week. And, you know, I think when you're watching a guy play, you don't really know exactly what's going on in that offense, but you can tell that the guy has great command of the offense, you know, how, to, how the offense needs to be run, how to get in and out of a play, how to, you know, look at something that really might not be a good look and change that play and understanding defense and then understanding having a feel for the rush and knowing when you can hold on to it and when you can get rid of it quick and, you know, vision down the field, feel the rush, see the coverage, you know, all the things you can show, but you don't really know the offense. So you're just showing him some things that, uh, you know, that you think might help him relative to a guy that's a great player. All right, let's flip this over to one J.J. Watt. Now, J.J. was asked any number of things, but one of the things, obviously, that has been something that's stood out, if you will, the off days. J.J. is now 30. How do you keep him fresh? J.J. said, hey, managing the off days is going to help 
But I get on the field, I'm going all out, baby. We are managing. I take off. I took the off day after the first two days. I take off day basically every third day is kind of how we're trying to plan it. Um, it'll get mixed up here and there. But just, I mean, just, just when I'm practicing, I want to practice. That's basically what we've talked about. I mean, I don't, I don't want to be on a rep count during a practice. So instead of that, I'll take a practice off and I'll go run or I'll do rehab or whatever they want me to do. So, um, but when I practice, I mean, I love to play football. I love, so if I'm on the field, I want to be on the field. Absolutely. Get yourself on the field, big fella. And when he's there, and that's, that's true. Sometimes, and that was kind of going back to our point originally about putting a guy like JJ on the, the active pup list to start the year. It's kind of to save themselves. Because when JJ's out of practice, you want him in the practice. Because, yes, it's annoying to go against him in some sense when you're the offense. Cause, and I've heard that from a lot of different people. But it can be annoying. But it's very helpful. Because you're going against the best of the game. NFL players say he's number 12, I disagree. But you're going against one of the greatest defensive players of all time every single day. When he takes a break and he takes a, an off day, take it off. We don't even want to – we're getting other guys reps. We know we don't have J.J. for that whole entire day. It's not going to be, hey, three reps here, then you're off for a series. Three reps – no. I like the way they've done that. Today you're in, use him as you would in that practice. Tomorrow, out, don't have to worry about it. Now – when you're in training camp mode, you got to make sure that you get your naps in. JJ said, yep, I still do that, and I've got the bed down in the equipment room too. Um, you find a way. I mean, I still have my bed in the training or in the equipment room, so I use that in the middle of the day. At night, I, as soon as I go home, I basically uh, recover my body and then go straight to bed. It gets a little tougher when you wake up at 445 every morning, but you find a way. And I mean, sleep is nature's best recovery tool, so I try and use it as much as I can. Interesting. Sleep is nature's best recovery tool, which is so true. So completely true. And if you don't get it, well, welcome to the Harris family. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly what happens in the Harris family. Now, let's go to our man, Deshaun Watson. He, of course, strode to the podium. He was asked a lot about Aaron Rodgers. That was something that John McClain asked of Bill O'Brien. And it was going to be something that John asked of Deshaun Watson. And this is what Deshaun had to say about what he's learned from Aaron Rodgers. The biggest thing was really just keeping plays alive and um, always looking for guys, you know, regardless if you're scrambling outside the pocket or moving around inside the pocket, he's always looking for, you know, an open receiver. And if he had a connection with the open receivers, it's another factor that the defense has to take care of um, and have to worry about. And it makes the offense a lot more dangerous because the play is never over and, and it's, uh, you know, for any DB, regardless of who you are, um, it's hard to, you know, cover a guy running around for six to seven seconds. So um, just giving us uh, a chance to be able to move the ball down the field and create plays. I'll tell you this about Aaron Rodgers. I saw that up close in 2016. And you fans saw You guys saw it in 2012 when he was here. And, I mean, he was, he was fantastic. In 2016, he was not healthy. He could hardly even move. But, man, he found a way that day to make a couple of key scrambles, make a couple of key throws. He was unbelievable. He was unbelievable. He's in the top ten of the NFL players, and I know he didn't have the greatest season, but he is, without a doubt, one of the top ten players in the league. I don't know by the statistical virtue, like what his team did last year. I I wouldn't say he was of that ilk, but he's one of those players. If you're starting a team, and I know Aaron's up there in years – a little bit. Not he's not ancient. He's not Philip Rivers or or Eli Manning or even Tom Brady. But he's getting up there in, in age a little bit. But he still does all those things. There's there's no question. And Deshaun said, "You know what, man? 
I'm I look up to the guy. I communicate with him. I'm still a huge fan of his. Aaron Rodgers, one of the best ever. Guy that I definitely will been looking up to and, and excited to be able to uh, you know get up there to Green Bay and watch him work and, and watch and see how he practice and see how he you know go about his business each and every day. So I'm a huge fan. Yeah, I I'm big fan. Obviously I grew up in Wisconsin, you guys know that. So I'm a big Packers fan. When it obviously the Texans take precedent over everybody, but my next team would be the Packers. And so I watched Aaron Rodgers from afar and some of the things he does. Uh, I mean my goodness. So we'll see how that goes with Matt LaFleur this year, but very, very interesting. One other guy that I was a big fan of heading into the 2017 draft, that was Patrick Mahomes, league MVP in 2018 and a member of the 2017 class along with Mitchell Trubisky, and all three of them went to the Pro Bowl. Sean was asked if he keeps an eye on that 2017 class and whether he stays in contact with all the guys, Trubisky and Mahomes. Um, you know, I don't really focus on what you know Mahomes did last year. Everyone see it. Um, he had a hell of heck of a season uh-huh you know he, he did his thing and you know we talked at the pro bowl and yeah we support each other we motivate each other we talk to each other on social media we talk about different vacation spots uh you know he hit me up about puerto rico i hit him up about where he went you know to the bahamas or something like that so you know we still communicate um you know about football not about football so we all boys and we support each other um and and for sure you know our class of 2017 you know, just two years in, all three of us in the Pro Bowl, so we must be doing something right. Yeah, they're doing something right. They're winning games. Both te- uh, All three teams won double-digit games. All three of them went to the Pro Bowl. Mitchell Trubisky went number two. Patrick Mahomes went number 10. Deshaun Watson, who the Texans traded up for at number 12. All right, last one. Carl Smith, new quarterbacks coach, is he's been around for a while. This is a pretty funny cut from Deshaun talking about his new quarterback's coach, Carl Smith. Oh, I mean, he's a, he's a guy with a lot of experience. He's been coaching three or four decades before I was born, <laughs> pretty much. So uh, he has so much experience, so many, uh, so much knowledge, and being able to have him, you know, focus on my, my, my fundamentals and my technique and, and how to play the game uh, of football as a professional quarterback. Um, it's, a, it's, a great, it's a great lesson for, you know, all the quarterbacks in there, even, you know, Tim Kelly. Uh, when he's in there, you know, we're all trying to learn something new. He always have, you know, little nuggets that he throw in. And, and um, you know, I'm glad to have him on my team and talk to Russell Wilson about him. And he loved him. And he said it would be a great fit for for myself and, and the Houston Texans. So it's awesome. It has been a tremendous fit. Carlson Tracy started with us in 2018. He came along with Brad Seeley. They worked together on special teams and do a hell of a job. And Carl Smith became available and came here to Houston, and he's he's one of my favorites. We had more fun talking and interviewing with him during this offseason and getting to know him a little bit. He's fantastic, and I think he's got the perfect demeanor to be alongside Deshaun Watson. And, and look, Deshaun's got oh, he's got a lot of voices around him, but he's got a lot of people. He's got a lot of people he can lean on, and Carl is one of those guys. And I'm I'm really excited about that marriage of Carl Smith along with Tim Kelly, Bill O'Brien with Deshaun Watson. Boy, force fun to watch, man. I'm just <laughs> – you guys already know that. But uh, just the Deshaun Watson you will see tomorrow at practice, very, very exciting. And I'm thrilled that you guys get a chance to see him. And I'm thrilled that he is the quarterback for your team, our team. How about that? All right, that was Texans Audio Jukebox. I just broke your radio. Sorry. I don't sing very well. i got to get somebody to do that a little bit better. So I'll have – I'll have a promo next time, but I kind of just came up with that 
uh, a little while before the show, calling it Texans Audio Jukebox because it's a lot of audio from the guys that went to the podium. I could call it Texans Podium Jukebox. That might work too. But either way, Texans Audio Jukebox for you, presented by this space available. All right, we get back. How about a dirty dozen with Darren Fells? That's a lot of alliteration right there. With Drew Doherty. Oh, man. Dirty dozen with Darren with Drew Doherty. How about that? Oh, man. Alliteration's off the charts. And Buddy Howe, a native of Miami, talks with former Miami Hurricanes play-by-play man Mark Vandermeer, also the voice of the Texans. We'll have both of those for you next right here on Texans All Access. Welcome back to this Wednesday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I am John. John Harris, your host, football analyst, and sideline reporter for your Houston Texans. And it's time to dive deep into Dirty Dozen with Darren Fells, brought to you by Drew Doherty. The alliteration there is just freaking awesome. Dirty Dozen, Darren, Drew Doherty. I mean, the Drew doesn't always fit, but Doherty, maybe it's Dirty Dozen, Darren, Doherty. There's your alliteration right there. All right, Darren Fells is a veteran tight end, a guy that's been around for a while, and he was a professional basketball player. He's one of the more interesting guys in this locker room because of his background, but his leadership is hugely valuable. But he has been omnipresent out on the field at the wide tight end spot. Jordan Thomas has been out for a little bit, so 87's had to step in and do some things for this offense he had a rough day a few days ago, but he's made up for it. He made a couple of key catches today. Here's the Dirty Dozen with Drew Doherty. It is Darren Fells. Tight end Darren Fells with us. Darren, time to play Dirty Dozen, so let's get going. What is your best football trait? My best football trait would have to be my 6'7 frame. I never got my arms length measured, but I'm pretty sure my wingspan's out there, so I think my height and wingspan will be my best, best, best trait. So if you're six foot seven inches tall, that means your wingspan's probably like in the seven foot range, right? Yeah, seven foot uh, six inches. Yeah, let's say that. Okay, so basically like Yao Ming. You're, yeah. You are Yao Ming yeah. when you stretch your arms. You okay, must pack item for training camp is? My leg regeneration machines because training camp's a long, long haul and you need to be ready for the next day. So That's better than an Xbox, which is what one of your teammates said. <laughs> oh, man, that's that's the wrong, wrong thing to pack for training camp. Speaking of your teammates, which one of them talks the most trash? Oh, JT, hands down. Hands down. Enough said. He talks trash to me sometimes, too, so I, I know what you're saying. All right, typical breakfast is? Well, that will be two eggs with pretty much all the fixings, veggie-wise, chicken sausage, some hash browns, and fruit every single day. Every single day. Who has the best hair on the Texans? Best hair. Man, I'm going to have to go with my boy, uh, Jordan Atkins. Jordan Akins staying with the yeah. fellow tight ends. Okay. Yeah. His dreads you know, keeps him clean and, and nice, nice and uh, silky smooth. How about the best dresser? Who's that? Honestly, I haven't seen enough guys dressed in uh, anything but street clothes, so I, I couldn't tell you that yet. You got to wait for the first game, is yeah. what you're saying? Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay, who's the tightiest Texan? Tightiest. I would love to say myself, but uh, my locker isn't as great as it usually is. A lot of guys are dirty, so I, I couldn't give you that. <laughs> I was going to say, who's the messiest Texan? Ooh, JT again. He, he has a lot of stuff in his, in his locker, and it's all over the place sometimes. Fair enough. Teammate that amps you up the most is? <sighs> amps me up the most. Man, all my tight ends, we all hang out together. We get each other going. So, I mean, Jarrell, Jordan, both Jordans, I should say, and Kahale, yeah, we all get – we have each other's back, and we – Hype each other up when we're down. On the other end, which teammate calms you down the most? Oh, 
I get in my own head, so I would say myself. I'm, I'm an older guy on the team, so I know how to calm myself down. I don't need much people to calm me down. You're not the first player that said myself when you when I get that question to him. That's it's pretty good. Yeah, That's, that's an awesome answer because when the uh, bullets are flying, you need to be able to calm yourself down. So, Favorite TV show right now or show on Netflix or Hulu? Honestly, it's funny because I've watched it before, but then I went to visit my brother up north, uh, Northern California, and we got me and my wife both got back into Naked and Afraid. So we watched that a lot. Favorite TV show when you were growing up was? Rugrats. Rugrats, okay. Kind of my age right there. <laughs> You're not the only one that said that, though. Johnson Batamosi, also a Rugrats fan. Oh, Batty's uh, he's 28, so he's a, a little older guy in the NFL, too. So Toughest part of camp is? The long days. I mean, I'm up here at 5 o'clock in the morning and don't leave till about 8, 8.30. Oh, it's just that long hall of the day i love the pads i love coming out in there and hitting that's the easy part it's just the long meetings the long just you know you have six seven hours left in the day and you're just like oh, i can do it <laughs> you played college hoops you played pro hoops internationally which of your teammates would present the biggest challenge to you on the court i'm not saying they'd beat you but who would be the biggest challenge for you as far as basketball goes Ooh, i would say if i had to go one-on-one with kiki he'd be he'd be tough because those smaller quicker guys i mean i'm not I'm not saying I'm slow, but him driving to the basket will be tough, and I don't know if he has a shot. So if he can shoot, that means I have to get up into him a little bit more, and then he's going right right around me every time. Makes you feel for opposing defensive backs, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, it definitely does. <laughs> Darren Fells, we really appreciate the time. Best of luck throughout training camp, the preseason, and beyond. This has been a Dirty Dozen. Uh, thank you. Appreciate it. We've talked a lot about Darren Fells this offseason from the standpoint of tight end in that group. And with two guys that you drafted – Last year, that were productive as rookies, Jordan Aiken, Jordan Thomas. He drafted a third rounder this year in Kylie Ware, who got on the field today. Where did and where does Darren Fells fit on this team? And the more that I watch practice, the more I'm convinced, as, as I said all offseason, that they will carry four tight ends. I, I just, it's going to be really difficult with all that Darren Fells brings to the table to see Fells not on this roster. Now, could I see a scenario where they kept four on a 53, but only three of them are active on the 46-man game day roster. I could see that happening. But there's so much value in Darren Fells. Yes, he's not a spring chicken anymore, but he can pass protect as well as anybody you're going to find. Catches the ball pretty well. Good athlete. Great, great leader. Tremendous leader. And on a team that has some pretty good leaders, but still has a – I mean, think about the tight end room. Two second-year guys and a rookie. So you, there's some veteran leadership needed, and I think Darren Fells could provide that. Now, in the running back room, there is a there are a bunch of young guys in that room. But a guy going into his second year for this group is a guy the Texans claimed last year off of waivers. After the 53-man cutdown, Buddy Howell's available after a training camp spent with the Miami Dolphins. Obviously learning the offense and getting some time running back wasn't going to happen, but getting on special teams, that was a big factor. Buddy was one of the better special teams players the Texans maybe have ever seen. I mean, he was tremendous last year. He knew what his role was. He knew what he had to do to excel with that role. Miami homeboy caught up with former Miami Hurricanes play-by-play man Mark Vandermeer. We caught up in the offseason, and I asked you about the difference between South Florida weather and Houston weather for training camp. Now that you're here, because you got here late last year, now that you're here for this part of it, what do you think? Um, it's just pretty much dry heat. I feel like down south I was sweating a lot quicker. 
a lot faster, a little bit more drenched. But here you can actually like feel how the heat is like pretty dry and I don't know, it's hot still. Like it's really they both hot, but I just noticed like down south I'll probably be a little bit more sweaty, wet. Well, you gotta like you know bring double cleats, two gloves, just in case, cause you're soaking wet by the time you finish warming up. But up here, you know, you got a little chance before you start sweating. But they're both extremely hot, and I just feel like I don't know this 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 heat will make you itch. To be honest, how hot how, how, how hot it is and how dry. So yeah, it's it's they both hot. Right. Yeah. Well, what do you think of the schedule of outside inside the rotation of sorts? Um, I like being outside. I ain't gonna lie. Um, but it's nice to you know. Keep it balanced. Have a day with you inside. And you ain't got to worry about too much heat. But I like the feeling of the sun. I've been wor- working out in the heat all my life, so I'm pretty much accommodated to it. So I kind of look forward to like being outside and getting that good sweat and grinding, and you know, feeling the sun. Buddy, you're really good at special teams. So how do you stay good at special teams during training camp when you're not able to go full out? Um, just effort and trying, you know, add stuff to your repertoire and just being a student of the game so just learning and trying to be you know instead of standing in your own circle you try to you know get out of your circle and do stuff that you wouldn't expect yourself to do so I kind of mix up my game so it makes it harder for defenders to kind of like you know go against me so when you got a lot of tools in your bag it's easy for you to beat the opponent across from you. I guess it's an obvious question but how important are these upcoming preseason games for you because in special teams that's where you can shine and really show your stuff. Um, very important because you know you want to make the team you want to show them that you you know got the same ability that you had last year and more and show them that you improved so you can make even more plays and bigger plays so it's very important to you know get the opportunity to go down there and run full speed against another opponent and not have to hold up and give, give my all. How's it going for you at running back and how do you get to prove yourself in that department? Um, you know it's fine, you know, just working and continue to learn and keep everything, you know, and learn every install and keep it in a memory bank and just continue to, you know, go hard each and every practice and take advantage of each and every rep I, I receive. Buddy, thanks a lot for joining us. Good luck. No problem. Thank you. I like how Buddy said that eventually. They're both hot. Yes, they're both, they're both hot. And I listen, I went for my run this morning at about, about 5.30 this morning. So I mean, it's still it's dark. Not that hot, but I'm telling you, when I got done, I was drenched. The humidity was just, oh, I was drenched as if I had jumped in a pool and jumped out. I mean, I was just drenched. So the humidity is for real in Houston or Miami. What's also for real is this defensive line crew. The defensive linemen on this team, J.J. Watt, Jadeveon Clowney, Carlos Watkins, Joel Heath, D.J. Reader, Angelo Blackson. It's a deep, deep unit. Got some young guys on it that are competing to try and get on the 53-man roster, trying to get on the 10-man practice squad. I broke it down this morning on Texas Training Camp Live. Some of you may have missed it. Maybe you've got different work hours, but I got you covered. It's coming up next. I'll break that defensive line down for you right here on Texas All Access. Each and every day at 9 o'clock on Training Camp Live, Mark Vandermeer and I break down a position. Mark throws the challenge to me and says two sentences or less on each guy, which is not possible. It really isn't. So I do my best, but we go rapid fire. Every single player in that position group, I break it down for you. And I did that this morning. So, if you're hearing this going, man, I want to, I want to hear this when John does the next 9 o'clock tomorrow. And oh, by the way, I just got a, I got a text 
And we're going to have an extra special guest. A very extra special guest tomorrow at 9.20 after I do a breakdown. I'm trying to think what we're doing tomorrow. I can't remember what we're doing tomorrow. It might be we done. Let's see. What have we done thus far? I think it might be running backs. I think it might be or linebackers. Linebackers. We're going to do linebackers tomorrow because we did the defensive line today. And this is what it sounded like. All right. Let's go here. We're going to evaluate and break down the defensive line today at Texans training camp. Johnny. Somebody named J.J. Watt begins his ninth year out yep. of Wisconsin. The boy from Pewaukee who went to Central Michigan, then the University of Wisconsin, then was drafted here in 2011. I can't believe that was eight years ago. There was no OTA session that year. So the first we saw of Watt was in training camp eight years ago right here on this field, knocking down passes. He didn't explode until the playoffs that year. But here he is after a 16-sack season. What are we expecting out of J.J. in year nine of his career? I'll put it this way. Watching the top 100, and J.J. got in at number 12. And they asked, they had Taylor Luan, and they asked all these players. They just get him in for a session, and they say, okay, talk about this guy, talk about that guy. Luan went on forever about J.D. Devian Clowney. Yep. They asked Taylor Luan about Watt, and he's like, nope. And they're like, what do you mean? Like, got nothing. He's like, next question. Luan wouldn't even talk about him. They've had some battles. They they don't and and by battles I mean JJ has decimated him. Yeah, Larry McTunsil, <laughs> they set him down and like Tunsil's like he's JJ Watt, man. Like what's there to say? And that's exactly right. He's he's great. He's maybe the the he's the greatest this town has ever seen. He's arguably the greatest defensive player of all time. We have the opportunity he's, to see him. We're lucky. He's Next in the question. conversation. Yeah, put he's it in the conversation. Way. All right, Next so uh, you brought up J.D., so he's listed as defensive and outside linebacker. He's a front seven guy. He's a game wrecker. So let's just put him on the de- – we'll put him in the linebacker group as well. But quick comment on J.D., who is not at camp yet. Can do anything on a defensive line. Can play anywhere on a defensive line. Teams know it. At the end of the year, last year, they started to take note of where he was on every play. Mm-hmm. and adjust blocking schemes and protection schemes where he was no matter where he lined up. He is that valuable on the defensive front, and hopefully when he gets back, he's ready to have a great year, and we'll have a great year for us in 2019. I can't, I can't wait to see him. I, I love just seeing him in the hallway. He's got an infectious smile. He's great yep. with everybody. Players love him, so hopefully he'll go back here soon and just wreck shop like he always does. A smile wider than the Mississippi River. DJ Reader, oh. well, defensive end, nose tackle. But, look, we saw him start at DN a lot last year with Brandon Dunn manning the middle. We'll get to him in a moment. But what about DJ in year four? Uh, he's, uh, man, what is there to say? Look, he had one. I thought he had one tough ball game last year, and it was the one game against the Giants that the run defense was not excellent. But for the rest of the year, DJ Reader, if you try to block him one-on-one in the run game, you forget it. He swallows that up. He runs down screens. He is everything you want in an interior defensive player. I hope DJ Reader is here for a very, very long time. He is instrumental for this run defense. When he is on the field and he's, and he's turned up, but they want him pads. I can probably tell this story. Now, there was one of the rookie linemen the day before who had kind of taken outside linebacker and kind of, Kind of threw him out the club a little bit. Yeah. They weren't in pads. DJ got in the first run drill and just blew it up. Just mm. blew it mm. up. He's like, you're not throwing me out the club. And he just, he was turned up the whole day. He was at volume 10. It was so awesome to see. I love him in this run defense. He's a great fit in this defense. He's a, I think he's taking on a leadership role. And he 
hopefully he's realizing how good he is because if you think about this, four years ago, at this point, four years ago, 2015, he was not in Clemson camp. He was not in camp at Clemson because his dad had passed away and he was trying to figure out life, basically, and what he should do. He didn't wow. know what, he wasn't sure what to do. He finally came back about halfway through the year. He kind of got he got back on the field and then he kind of got it going. And then at the end of the year in the Senior Bowl, he was dominant. And I'm glad he's here. Drafted in the fifth round. Yeah, and exactly. look at him; he's a starter for your team. Also starting ten games last year. Here's the factoid that I teased: Brandon Dunn, DJ Dunny, the locker room DJ. Brandon was originally signed by the Bears as an undrafted free agent. Think about this for a moment. He was released three times by the Bears, three times mm-hmm. by the Texans. Six times he's been released and re-signed to the practice squad for the Bears and the Texans. Six! And then in 2017, the Texans signed him as one of those reserve future yep. guys, like right when the offseason begins. And a lot of those guys, all right, whatever, they're signing some players right after the season. Well, Brandon Dunn became a starter for this football team. Yep. What about DJ Dunning? Well, he's become invaluable. I mean, you put Dunn next to Reader trying to run football against them. The, the, the best thing about it is the fact that you could play Dunn next to Reader with Clowney Watt on the outside with Zach and BMAC, just a six-man, your nickel. They're going to stop the run. They're going to stop the run. Dunny will, will swallow up a couple blockers if he needs to. He's got great technique against double teams. He is an excellent, underrated football player. Now, unfortunately, what those two are not are great pass rushers. They're really good athletes, but they're not tremendous pass rushers. Maybe that's something that evolves in their game this year. It would be kind of nice if it did, but they're not great interior pass rushers. Begins to run, Brandon mm-hmm. Dunn, DJ Reader together as good as it gets. Okay, boy, we got we got to move on I know, here. Man. I know. Got so I'm over many two guys. sentences. Let's I know. Go. You're over two sentences. I know. Jeez. Come on. All right, another guy who proves that good players can come from anywhere, Angelo Blackson. Who oh, man. We saw two years ago flash. He was drafted originally by the Titans in the fourth round, ends mm-hmm. up here, and just signed a deal in the offseason. What about Blackson? He's been even better this year. I thought he was really good last year. Got his hands on some tip pass. He tipped pass that Tyron Matthew intercepted uh, at New England last year. He does the dirty work for you but he's a little bit slimmer this year he's mm-hmm. quicker he's agile i haven't seen anybody effectively block him yet i think angel blackson's very key those three dunny reader and blackson you put those three in there in the middle and they're going to stop the run for sure already in his fourth year joel heath out of michigan state six six three oh two this is where it starts to get interesting because you got joel heath and you got carlos watkins and you got a couple of guys battling to try and get on this team and get in this defense line get in the rotation and look, there are times when Joel is, I think, as good as anybody to have up there. It's a consistency for him. He's got to, A, be healthy, mm-hmm. and, B, he's got to be consistent. And then when he is, he's got an opportunity to get in the rotation. We've seen him make plays, no doubt about it. All right, let's get right to the rook here. Charles Amenahu from the Ooh. University of Texas, 6'5", 280, a Houstonian. I would I'd love to go further about Amenahu. Right. Make sure nobody's. Yeah, he's been very good. Here's the thing with Charles, kind of like it is for some of these guys. His up and down swings yep. are really big right now. Like, there are plays you watch and go, okay, that's a play I don't think anybody else in the field can make. And then the next play, you're like, yeah, that's he's a rookie. Like, that's arena league ball stuff right there. He's yeah. got to find a consistent level because he can be dynamic, very dynamic. Charles Amenahu. Okay, uh, Carlos Watkins, I didn't mean to leave him out. Third year out of Clemson, a draft choice for this team, 300 pounds, 6'3". Big year for him. He's got to prove that he can go on the field on third downs and rush one-on-one against pretty heavy guards and go get the quarterback. That's what he did at Clemson. 
He was a really good interior pass rusher. That was the best thing he did. He's got to capitalize on that this year. All right, what about uh, Albert Huggins, also from mm-hmm. Clemson, who they got as an undrafted free agent, 305-63? We would have heard more about Albert Huggins if he played anywhere else but Clemson. But Clemson was loaded with defensive linemen. He had a really good college football playoff couple of games at the end when Dexter Lawrence was suspended. He'll get into competition, but, man, it's going to be really tough to break through the, that group of Reader and Dunn. But he'll get a lot of looks in the preseason, but pretty athletic for a guy his size. But he's not a big guy. He's not a huge guy. He's not 330, so he's got to rely a little bit more on his quickness. But I like Albert Huggins. It's going to be hard to make the team. But if you get keep a guy around in practice squad, you never know what happens. Look at Brandon Dunn, like you said. One of those players that causes number double takes, number 95, who was what was what which was worn by Covington, mm-hmm. Johnny Dwight out of Alabama, undrafted rookie, 6'3", 301. Yeah, he didn't play a ton at Alabama. Was a, mm. was more a part of the rotation at Alabama. But I've seen him out here make a few plays. I'm like, hey, 95, all right. I'm used to seeing Covington, but I see 95, and he's a little bit more stout than, than, uh, than Cove was. So I'm interested to see what he does in the preseason. But he's made a couple of plays that kind of catch my attention out here. Ira Savage-Lewis is from Houston, went to Baylor, 6'3", yeah. rookie. Can you be a good D lineman with the name Ira? Yes, he is. Okay. I, he is. McLean flashing the Sikkim sign, by the way. He's pretty unique watching him. I mean, he's a 290-pound guy. You can move him up and down the line of scrimmage. I have seen him make some plays during this training camp, both run and pass rush. I've seen him do some things in the pass rush. He's a very intriguing player with the opportunity and the ability and size to play anywhere from tight end to tight end. And that's going to help. That's going to help a guy like that when it comes down to, to, does he make the fifty-three or probably best case for him is does he make practice squad? But boy, he's really flashed to me. I'm really excited to see him against Green Bay in practices and then the game. I don't have his pronunciation yet. Javi Edwards knows. Yeah, Javi Edwards, big dude Colorado. from Colorado. Jeez, three twenty-five. He's also a Houston homeboy. The, the defensive yeah. line's got some Houston homeboys in there, and, and Javi's one of them. He's a large human being. So. For him, he's going to be playing over the nose. He's going to be playing from guard to guard, and he's just got to—he's just got to be nasty inside. Just take on—he's got to—he's got to follow DJ Reader's every move during his training camp and during the preseason. All right, that's it for your D line. Did I get it's all a, of them? I, you got all of them. Did, did I believe so. Giving me grief about two sentences. Uh, well, you know, and this is a pretty big group right here, and I think a it's group. a good group too. I think it's the deepest uh, group that the, this team has. They've got a rookie on the. Um, NFI list, Walter Palmore out of Missouri, 6'4", 320, a yeah. nose tackle. I mean, we'll we see, see him right out here. I mean, he's, a big, he's a big dude. Yeah, he wants to get Thick healthy dude. in a hurry. Otherwise, it's uh, you know he might be the kind of guy they want to hang on to if he can't practice this camp, right. but we'll see how they handle that. Look, I think it's a deep group. We've talked about this possibly being the deepest group on the team. Yeah, I mean, you know, Because you have the, yeah. the, one of the best players in history, sure. and then you got Reeder and Dunn and everybody else we talked about. So we'll see how it plays out. Uh, they have a lot of options there. There are going to be some unhappy people, or maybe they'll be happy because if guys get cut and you can't get them on the practice squad, some of these rookies, maybe they end up with other teams. So uh, some of these guys will be focusing on in the second half of these preseason games coming up. Yeah, there's no question. And that's the one thing that these guys have got to keep in mind, that, yes, what they put on film is obviously for Anthony Weaver and for Romeo Cornell to sit there and study and, and critique and, and give them pointers and all that. But they're also put whatever they put on film – it's for 31 other teams to pay attention. Yep. And and I know it's tough to say, like, hey, no, they're Texans, especially the guys from Houston, but this is a deep group. It is, mm-hmm. a, is a deep, deep group. And you know when you go sub-package of that group, 
how many of them are going to end up being on the field? Yeah. It's going to be Watt. It's going to be Clowney. And then you keep six, right? You're going to keep six. Maybe five. You squeeze no, it I to think five. You keep, I think you keep six. I think you keep, keep six. But, you know, it depends on how you classify John, Clowney. John McClain says five, which because yeah, it look, depends on how you classify well, Clowney. Well, if because, I, I put Clowney in there, so I count that as, as, as six. All right. Well, yeah, if Cl- because how does Clowney figure in the outside linebacker equation? Do you keep yeah, four or five? That's because the whole they're going thing. to keep – they're going to keep nine linebackers if you include Clowney in that group. It's nine, right? So I think the D line is five plus that. the one. So now you have eight and six, right? Again, I go back to the fact that because you have Let's Watt and Clowney way. that are sort of, I don't know, I say positionless. Fourteen but, front seven guys. Well, they're, that, there's, there's, that's what you got to do. That's how yeah. you have to think about this. Right. Because when you start thinking about, well, how many outside linebackers do I have? Well, how many outside linebackers do I need? Because how often am I going to be in my base unit? I'm going to be yeah. in my base unit against Tennessee, but, but if I have Clowney, if I have Clowney, right. then I've got at least three guys I know I can play outside in Scarlet, Merciless, and Clowney. I've got at least those three as outside linebackers. So, how, but you play nickel, how much? And when you yeah. play nickel, you got Watt outside, Clowney outside, and you play a combination on the inside. Yep. So, how much do you really need? You know, five outside linebackers. You, yeah. You'll take a fifth outside linebacker if you know that guy's going to end up flying down on special teams. And I got one that I'm really excited about. Really, well, really excited Well, why don't we do that about. tomorrow? Why don't we do linebackers tomorrow? We'll do outside, tomorrow. inside, all around the town. So there it is. Linebackers tomorrow. Inside and outside. We'll obviously discuss Jadeveon Clowney because he will be in that linebacker crew. Sometimes he's at inside. Sometimes he's at outside. Sometimes he's at defensive line. He kind of covers it all. So every time we talk about a different group line. Defensive linemen or linebackers, we're going to talk about J.D. because he's in that group. So we'll do linebackers tomorrow at 9 o'clock and then a fantastic guest at 9.20. I almost don't even want to say it because I, I, I don't want to jinx it. And I don't know if I've been given the okay to do this, but let's just say he's a guy who loves basketball but loves the Texans. Uh, does that give anything away? Maybe not. Just you're gonna want to tune in tomorrow. Tune in at eight o'clock so you can hear the whole show. McLean at eight thirty. We've got uh, me breaking down a uh, position at nine. We've got Landry Locker's questions at nine thirty each and every week. It it's awesome. You got to hear training camp live. But if you miss it, you can catch our breakdown at well. You just heard the breakdown right there of a very talented and deep defensive line. A lot of people to thank for this one. Bill O'Brien, Sean Watson, J.J. Watt, Darren Fells, Buddy Howell, Drew Doherty, Mark Vandermeer, all of you for listening. We will see you tomorrow, literally tomorrow, at the Houston Methodist Training Center. Looking forward to another day in pads and your first look at this 2019 team. We'll see you then, everybody, and as always, go Texans.